News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with me like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyven Dyke. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. Yeah, it's a beautiful day around Saskatchewan. Holy smoke. It's, so it's supposed beautiful. to be nice and warm. The sun is shining. Blue skies so far. And we have to start today by saying Happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. All the moms. And I especially want to say a big Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, She is, like, honestly the rock of our family. And um, I look at everything she's done for us, and I look at myself being a mom and how hard it is some days and how busy it is some days. And I look at her, and she had three kids under the age of three, when she was 22 years old. Wow. And she was working full-time in a business and growing a business that was very run very differently than it is now, way less staff. And you were, you were sweeping, you were doing everything. And we grew up physically at the garden center. The bus would pick us up in the morning and drop us off at night there. And my parents lived and breathed at the garden center, and so did we as kids. And... Uh, my mom did it with such grace and she did it with hard work and diligence and she has instilled that in us too. Oh, so. Hard work is lots. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. And no the no other kidding. thing that my mom has is she's got this creative ability to be a dreamer and she sees things when she goes traveling and she sees them and she's like, ooh, that would be a good idea to put it at Dutch Grove mm-hmm. or um, that would be a, a neat idea. People would love that experience. And then she has the know-how to implement it and get it done so kudos to my mom she is she's definitely a huge part of our lives and uh don't know what i'd do without her well there you go kim that's a pretty sweet tribute <laughs> yep. happy mother's day to my mom and my mother-in-law as well uh, absolutely yeah two fantastic ladies yes. and uh yeah again very very influential and a part of my in my my life you know uh yeah my, me and my mom are 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 uh Definitely, definitely on the same wavelength. I'm, you know, you know, how sometimes you have kids and one kind of ends up more like the other parent. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I me think and my, I, I'm like my mom. You think the like, most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but me and my mom are, 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 I'm, I'm the duplicate of my mother mm. and uh, my sister is kind of more like my dad. But, uh, so we're, 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 uh, on, on the same wavelength, you could sort of say. So happy Mother's Day to my mom and my mother in law, of course, my, uh, wife's mother. And so thanks for being great, great, wonderful people. Well, G- and Jill here. I mean, she talks about being the rock. I mean, she has basically a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. Four kids out of 15 to between 15 and eight. Yeah. Right. Running sports, running the garden center. We have so much fun though. Yeah, going hard. <laughs> Speaking of going hard, going sounds hard. like you went going hard yesterday, huh? Oh yeah. And, and that's hey, my another. Voice, my voice is gone. Yeah, we were talking it's to gone. customers all day. It was so much fun, and that's a shout out to all of you listeners yeah. as well too. Um, yesterday and even today, you're choosing to go to those independent garden centers and support local yeah, and right across all, right across Saskatchewan, and uh, that okay. that just means the world to us as a small as a family business yeah. mm-hmm. um, to be able to see our hard work that we've put in and our employees are literally skipping at the end of the day and they've put in like a long day. So it's just amazing just to see the hard work and to see the appreciation of the customers. So thank you to you guys, the the listeners. And these garden centers, there's little greenhouses in a farmyard right across Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. 
that support you know the local businesses and they put money back in their local business areas too exactly so, exactly so supporting those local greenhouses and yeah. garden centers is is huge for this so, province. Yeah. so thank you for choosing to yeah. go to the local garden centers this mother's day and that's why uh rick has no voice today because so many people <laughs> chose to go to dutch growers yesterday yeah. Yeah. he talked his voice right out of himself yeah. yeah um yeah i was there yesterday too for for a short while and it was wall to wall and beautiful you should see the hanging baskets and oh, everything, the whole place year. is full and exploding with color and We have two smells. semis of product arriving today to fill us up from yesterday. What? So, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where is it going to go? I, it's going to fit in there. You should see. I was there till 11 o'clock last night and uh, just sort of tidying up and getting some some things done at the store. And uh, it, the, sh- the shelves were empty. And I was wow. like, thank goodness that we have these this to refill today. So, uh, because yeah. I was there in the morning early and, yeah. and the garden center was just full you know like just beautiful not just people but plants and flowers and everything so that's that's incredible and today we have a special day for for my other family my 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 mother and father Mm -hmm. my mother and father my mother just passed away just before oma just just before mother's day last year Mm -hmm. yeah and so today we go and uh because we go and celebrate mother's day with my with my mother's graveside today because today this last couple of days we put the headstone in place oh nice and uh, we good. have this headstone specially made it's all shaped like a tree oh neat and it has a bird in it because they love bird watching and that kind of stuff so uh yeah so that's going to be a, a t- today that this after right after the show oh good. going there to to uh, spend time with family spend time and dedicate the the gravestone to my mother's and uh have, have a good time with family there excellent excellent yep. okay so happy happy mother's day to all the moms out there and we're going to go to our calls one 877 so thanks for waiting patiently we've got a few calls to line up here and we're going to go with who arrived first i believe we're going to go to ask with right now and talk to Donna. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. What is your and question for you? us? Oh, we're good. We're good. How about you? Oh, really good. <clears throat> Hello? Yes, Hello. So question. what's your question for us? <clears throat> yes. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a couple of uh, half-cap trees or bushes, and one of them is, oh, maybe about six, seven years old, something like that. Yep. And the other one is just a couple of years old, and they never, ever bloom. They don't bloom. Never. A couple of things I would do then if they haven't bloomed yet, because uh, it takes about five years from when they're young to start right. producing, okay? So th- that's what you're looking at, approximately five years. Sometimes less than that. They'll have a few on there, but it takes about to get into full production about five years. Okay. So if they haven't produced a lot, what you want to do now is you want to lay off the fertilizer. Okay. Oh, lay off. I just finished fertilizing them with that alfalfa pellet. Oh, that, that's okay because you have a low nitrogen. Okay? That's what I was going to say. Use a fruit and berry or alfalfa pellet because you want a low okay. nitrogen. High nitrogen will make the tree be really good, feeling good, and want to produce a lot. Okay? So you, right. want, you want to put the plant under a bit of a stress now. And so, okay. and so then what it means lay off the watering a bit because it's a honeysuckle variety, which doesn't need as much water as other plants do. So lay off oh, the watering a bit. doing everything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so now you want to make it stressed so that it's going to say, okay, I need to reproduce myself because I'm, in, I'm a little bit stressed. Okay. So it wants okay. to produce babies because that's how it makes the fruit to produce babies, right? And right. so And so now you want to put in a little bit of stress. So this year, lay off the watering. Don't fertilize it anymore now that you fertilized it once, okay? Don't fertilize right. it anymore this year. And then uh, next year, you should get some flowers. Oh, that's great. Thank you so okay. much for the advice. And 
And, uh, yeah, I can't say I get happy. Well, not Father's Day yet, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks okay. very much, Donna. Have a great day. All have right, a have day. a good one. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there is something, there is such a thing as being too much of a good par- uh, on, plant on, parent. On fruit yeah. trees, yes. on fruit trees especially. And especially the sour cherries. They don't like fertilizer at all. They pr- don't produce, so if you got to give them too much nitrogen. So you, too much love, and they, yeah. they yeah, don't so give anything back. Yeah, so use the right fertilizer for the right job. Yeah, there's a fruit and berry that's, a, like, one of them only has a nitrogen of one. The other one has nitrogen of three. Okay. And so it's not very high at all. And uh, then it has all the other micronutrients, just like alfalfa pellets do. Perfect. We're going to take a quick break. But, Linda, in Rokenville, you want to talk about orchids? We're going to get back and get to that. Kelly's on the line. We're going to talk about spacing plants apart. Uh, guys, hang on. We're going to get to your calls as soon as we get back but we got to uh, run here for just a second so give us a call give us a text one 332 8255 i'm jay with jill and rick you're listening to garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom thanks for joining us a happy mother's day here on garden talk i'm jay with jill and rick and yeah a special happy mother's day goes out to all of our moms yes. of course and all the yeah. mothers listening and thank you for being such special wonderful people that you are and uh and the incredible job you do as moms so yeah. day in day out right day jill day out. Day in, day out. Jill knows all about day in, day out with four kids <laughs> that keep fun. her moving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so we're going to go to the phones right now. Rokenville, we're going to go to talk to Linda shortly. Uh, but hang on, we're going to get uh, Regina right now and talk to Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you for taking my question. No problem. What's your so question for us? Oh, my husband and I are about to plant five moon glow junipers yep. um, protecting like our... Uh, the side of our house and stuff from snow, and we're wanting to do it to create a privacy screen mostly between our house and our neighbors. Yep. So we were hoping to go with four-foot spacing between them, as it seems to work well for the space, yep. but I just want to make sure we're not going to damage the trees in doing so. Nope. So I just wanted to know your thoughts. No, nope. four-foot is perfect, because the moon glows are probably going to get about four to five feet wide. So by okay. putting them that by putting them four foot, uh, if you want to put them farther apart, at four feet they're going to be growing right together. Okay. Okay. If you want to go to five feet apart, then they might be just touching. Okay. And then you yeah. might even have a little bit of space between them, which still gives you a visual barrier, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it covers more space. Okay. Right? Um, but that four foot should should be okay. Four feet is perfect. Okay, wonderful. The tag said seven foot spread, so I was a little bit wondering yeah. about that. And so that's about they three, all say something different. So, so three and a half feet away from each other, each side, right? So if you go three and a half feet, three and a half feet. So like I'm saying, if you wanted to go five feet, that wouldn't be a problem, and you still fill in. At four feet, they'll just they'll just thicken out quicker and be tighter, right? Yes. So it's, it won't hurt the plant to plant them that close, but you can go farther apart and have the same effect. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking my question. Yeah, you thanks. guys have a great day. You too. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. A little, a little trick that I have when I'm planting my plants and spacing them, because we do a lot of this with our companion planting and we're adding perennials, is set the plants in your yard where the pots are going to be and then take a stick with a circle and draw our, and draw a circle in the dirt or the mulch. On the our, mature size. On, on the mature size of the tree. And then you can space them out accordingly because if those circles are overlapping, then you mm-hmm. know that they're too close. So that's a little trick that I always do. Unless you want them to be touching, right? And that's right. And this person, you know, she wants to have them nice and close so she has a privacy in a certain area. But touching and overlapping too much is two different things. Right. 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 Okay. Yes. 
Yeah, that's right. Okay, I yeah, totally. Okay, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's go to Rokenville and talk to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Good morning. There, you want to talk about an orchid, right? I do. I sure. just bought three of them, and I just want to make sure how to take care of them. If you could run me through it quick. Okay. First of all, they're most likely a Phalaenopsis orchid that you picked up. That's really popular right now. You're going to have it in a bright, sunny location. Um, sometimes indirect sunlight, if it's right against a window, will last make it bloom a little bit longer. Okay. And they have air roots in them, so you. Usually they're planted when you get them from the store, planted in moss, and that's yep. completely fine. You don't want to transplant them when they're blooming, but once they finish blooming, you can take them out of the pot, go to your garden center, and pick up some orchid mix, and then you'll transplant it in some orchid mix, and it's a little bit more of a bark mixture. Okay. No, no we have a professional in the room <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's what I... Okay. So, I like what he was telling about how he soaks it and then lets it stand. Exactly. So, Jay, do you want to explain your watering explain. process? Because yeah, yeah. that was the next thing I was going to get sure. into. Sure. So once it's in the orchid mix, it doesn't matter which mix it's in, though. It, it's, the, it's the watering process that I do a little differently. So yeah. some people talk about using the ice cube method. I tried that. And it doesn't give it enough water. No. It doesn't get down to actually soak into the roots. It barely keeps it moist enough. Plus that really cold water isn't really great for it either. No. Uh, ice cold water. So what I do is, uh, what do you have it potted in right now? What did it come in? It's just what it came in in the container. Okay. So it's the just two, a single pot, right? Oh, yeah, it's, sometimes it's like usually a plastic pot sitting inside of a ceramic yeah. pot. Is that, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Okay, so that plastic pot, does that plastic pot have holes in the bottom yep, of it? Yeah, got holes. Perfect. Out. So what I do is I mix up my you know water with usually a little bit of the orchid fertilizer in it. Yeah, I got that. Perfect. And I pour it all in the, the double pot. So okay. you fill it right to the top so it's just about to overflow. Okay. I let it sit there for about mm, 20 minutes, half an hour. It all kind of soaks in and the bark, bark mulch absorbs lots of the water. Okay, and I lift the plastic one out of the ceramic one, put it in the kitchen sink or wherever, and I let it drip all out. How long okay. do you leave it there for? Uh, that takes about another 10 minutes or so. About 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, just so that it's uh, there's still lots of moisture in there, but there's not yep. a whole bunch of water in it. To sit in the bottom, yeah. To sit in the bottom. Once it's kind of dripped mostly out, drop it back into the ceramic pot. Dump any of the excess water out of yep. the extra ceramic yep. pot. Yeah, yeah. And if there's anything in the ceramic pot, make sure that's empty. Exactly. Yep. And then, then you are good to go. Like That's oh. that's really it. And, and how, how, much does your, how much did your record bloom? So my, so my last set of blooms was 26 blooms. Oh, my goodness. And the stupid thing was sending up another brack to bloom before the flowers were actually done off of the last one. Yeah, I got the one. I, I bought a third one, and it's got it's going in a spiral. Oh, yeah. yeah it's called a and hurricane. And it's got another branch off to the side. Yep. So it's got two branches. What I find, though, is I have to... Did it come with some, some tall sticks? To, yep, to hold got it up. all sticks and everything in it. And little butterfly clips. Yeah, right? and they've got it trained to uh, go around the wire. Right, so keep keep all that stuff because you'll, you'll finish your bloom on that. And then yep. when it does rebloom, you'll want to kind of reuse it and retrain it with yeah. those little butterfly clips. And yep. I find that mine, I have to turn it. So as that brack, that stem is coming up when it's new, there's no flowers on it yet, but it's, it tends to grow towards the light. Yeah. So you have to sort of get it to grow straight up. Before, up, okay. before, so you have to kind of keep turning it once a day or every couple of days, and okay. then, and then when you're ready for it to kind of branch out one direction, you let it sit there and point towards the light. Then it'll split, turn that, turn that direction, and then it'll send flowers off that way. But orchids really are one of the easiest plants to oh, grow. Yeah. Um, a lot of people look at them because they look so delicate. They think, oh, these are really hard, but they're really easy to grow, and they bloom for such a long time. My oh, blooms. My blooms just finished last week, and they were up before Christmas. That's yeah. how long the blooms lasted. Mm. Oh, good. 
Yep. So, okay, well, enjoy and update us on how your orchid's doing throughout the I season. I will. I will. Okay. Maybe talk to you next year. <laughs> Sounds good. Love your show oh, and happy you. Mother's Day yes. and a good Thank day you. to all of you. Thanks, Thank Linda. You. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. one 877 I love the way that Jay's so proud. Of his, of his <laughs> you stuff. should see his face. <laughs> see his face. Uh, his face is just beaming. That's yeah. awesome. Well, never <laughs> know, knew you were going to be an orchid nut. Right? <laughs> And I like I showed it off. I showed some pictures off at the at the at Gardenscape, at the Orchid Society, and they like wanted yeah they wanted me to. You got to enter some competition. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's literally like from a grocery store. Yeah. That plant. Yeah. Honestly, I think it came from the co-op in Martinsville. <laughs> Seriously. There so, you go. And it, and it goes crazy. Okay, yeah. we're going to keep going with our calls right now. We're going to squeeze one more in before we got to go to our break. We've got about two minutes here, and we're going to talk to Adam, who's in Saskatoon. Good morning, Adam. Hey, how are you? Good. 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 What's your question for us? So we had a, a Manitoba maple taken out in our backyard. It was put in when the house was built in, like, the I think the 70s, so it's about 50 years old. Yep. And... Um, it uh, so now there's a huge hole in our yard because it was a huge tree, yep. and uh, we're looking for replacements. And my mom has a long list of requirements. She wants it to not, you know, put out seeds and not uh, sucker, and a whole bunch of things like that. So I was just looking for some ideas of what kind of tree we could put in. Okay, what I suggest you do is uh, well, the tree that you want to put in is because you just want a shade tree. Is that correct again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably the best one to put in is a linden. Okay. And there's a bunch of different varieties. There's one called True North and another one called Dropmore. Okay. Those are the two that would, would do really well. If you want a huge tree, you could put a silver cloud maple in. That would be about okay. the same size of maple that you had in before, but you will have seed, okay, with the maple. Right. Okay, okay. that's the only thing. Uh, but it is a big tree, and it's a beautiful tree. Um, uh, the other one you may want to put in there, see, all the ash are done now, so you can't put those in. Um, oh, you could put. It takes longer to grow them, but an oak is a legacy tree. It'll live for like 200 years, right? Yeah. So that it takes a little bit, a little bit slower growing, but it is a beautiful tree too. And uh, um, you will get acorns on it, though. That's what I think. So that's why I like the linden. You do yeah. have a, 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 a seed on the linden, but and uh, uh, basically a, 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 a it's basically a tractor leaf to parts of the flower. That drops, so it's like a, it has two like leaf drops in a year, right? One in the middle of summer, one in the fall. But, okay. but it is, it's, they pick up with a lawnmower, so it's not a big deal. Okay. And, um, but otherwise, I would suggest the linden would probably be your, your best bet, uh, for a tree that's gonna, you know, be a good size and give you shade and give you the less issues and no suckering or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. Take care. You too. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. whole bunch of texts have rolled in as well, so we're going to get to those in a second. Uh, what's going on with the Colorado Blue Spruce from uh, Doug? Uh, Anne in Swift Current wants to talk about pruning a forsythia. Julian Battleford wants to talk about uh, some bark damage on a tree. Mary's in Nipawin and some deer damage as well on a cedar. So we're going to get to all those when we get back. And little treat coming up. Robin is going to join us from our request. We're going to be talking about those spruce issues just after 10. Exactly. So okay. we're going to save that information for you coming up yep. just after 10. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And we've got a couple of texts we want to get through. Definitely more than a couple. Uh, so we're going to go there right now. And there's a couple we're going to save for a little bit later. Like I talked about before the break, Robin from our request is going to join us. We're going to talk about some... Evergreen issues yep. that are going on right now. Yep. And that should answer some of these texts as well. Um, this one comes from Anne in Swift Current. 
Hi, gang. What's the best time to prune my forsythia? It's a mix of yellow and green right now. Thanks so much. Happy Mother's Day. It's a mix of yellow and green. The leaves on them, you said? Well, that's what she wrote. Yep. yep I think so. Yeah. If, if they're yellow and green, then you're, it's chlorotic, which means it's lacking iron. Mm. But the biggest thing is lacking iron. You can fix that. But to fix the, the whole problem is that your soil is probably too alkaline. So you need to lower the pH of your soil. And so the plant can take up nutrients, and then you can balance that, and so that then you won't have that issue and later. And what product are she going to use to lower the pH? So you can use aluminum sulfate or sulfur, and you can also use a product right now with iron in it, which will help get a green back right away. Mm, okay. And okay? with Forsythia, they're a spring-blooming plant, so you yeah. don't want to prune them in the spring. You want to prune them after they've bloomed after or they well. Them. Or in the fall, yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't prune them in the fall. Don't prune them in the no, fall. Don't Sorry, prune, I meant, you cut all the flowers off. I mean, after they're finished, they, they blooming. set their buds in yes. the fall. So you want to prune them every year, yes. which, which right now they're blooming right now. So basically, mm-hmm. okay. So all right, uh, Julie is in Battleford. She wants to talk about grafting bark, and this has to come uh, comes with sort of vole damage. That was yep. that discussion yep. we had before. Bridge, bridge grafting. We talked right, about. bridge grafting. So yep. she wants to know how large of a piece of bark to use to cover that vole damage. Uh, she says, yes, there's vole damage, but but cover some of the bark on the tree or just up to, up to the bark on the tree. You overlap the transplanting pieces is what she's right. knowing. Yeah, you, you overlap transplanting. And, and I watched a video where they even took a branch, you know, a branch the size of about a little bit bigger than a pencil. Mm-hmm. And they used the whole branch and they... Uh, Bridge. Gra- bridged it into the bark below and the bark above. It's one of the most difficult, uh, basically it is one of the most difficult grafts to do because you're not just getting one point of contact to take, you want both, you need both sides to take, right? But there's a great YouTube video if you look up yep. bridge grafting from vole damage yep. on YouTube. You'll find a, from a garden center in Edmonton, they've done a YouTube video that's great on how to do that yep. as well too. We were hoping to get to doing one last week and with Mother's Day coming up, it just ran out of time. But, so uh, uh, to answer her question for Julie, how large of a piece of bark do you use though? Large as you can. Large as you can. Right? Yeah, but okay. uh, but you but, you but, might be more successful doing the bridge, bridge grafting. More successful you're going to have like using the branch, you're leaving the piece of branch, going from one rather a flat piece of bark. Okay. Okay. All right. Hope that helps answer your question, Julie. Like you said, uh, Jill, make sure you look for that video. That's going to mm-hmm. answer more than we can kind of without visuals. It's it's Tough a hard right one. Like even when me and Rick were, were looking yep. at it and how to do it for our own tree, um, the video says how to do it better than we could have ever explained it to anybody. So Right. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Mary's in Nippowin. She says, hi, happy Mother's Day to everybody. I have a cedar tree and the, day, the deer ate the middle of it. So I don't think she means the middle as in like the center. I think she means as like a center section. It's a yeah. pom-pom. It's a pom-pom. pom-pom. Yeah. So there's a bottom and a top now. Yeah. Can I cut it off just above where the deer ate it? So there would be down to the bottom. Yeah. Be a, you, a bottom section. Yes, you could. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it'll take a long time. You're better off in that case to dig it out and start again if you're going to do that. Okay. It would be quicker, honestly. Uh, or you can, yeah, or you can... You know, you can trim trim the back half of it out, leave the at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then um, and then plant a little littler one at the back. Okay, right, yeah, let it take off. Right, right. So you can kind of add another one beside it. Uh, Corey's in Momart and says we have many evergreens on our property with the pine cones that they, they they drop. How would you use these to start new ones from seed? Do they have to be pollinated? Can we start a pine cone? Yeah, they were pollinated already when they when they. Uh, grew obviously, so there's okay. there's pollen, and then that's how they they basically started growing there as a, it got. 
pollinated, and then that's how you got the seed, okay? Right. So, I mean, a lot of times the squirrels take it and put it underground, and they sometimes they eat it, and then they excrete it out, and then because the, it stratifies it, basically what I call putting it, you know, through a, a process where they eat. But otherwise, just the seeds going down the ground, and if you go, if you... Um, you have to I, crack what, them open at all? No, one one good case is at my uh, brother and sister-in-law's place. Is they had spruces all around the yard, and they had a whole bunch of mulch. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think it was just it was just a post peeling mulch. That's all they had. Could be cedar mulch, post peeling mulch, and they basically when these seeds fell down into the mulch, they had thousands of little oh, really? spruces growing naturally. So you want to have a, a, a like say a more of a mulch bed, or it can even have a sand bed. Okay. okay, so you can Either basically way. take those those uh, pine cones. Yes, just plant them. Plant them. Yep. Water them, and you'll get a tree out of it. Exactly. Okay, so yep. it's pretty simple. They're ready to. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to go. <laughs> okay, so there you go, Corey. You can you can make it happen by just yep. getting them into the ground, getting yep. them into some mulch, maybe some sand. Now, sometimes the pine cones they're like hard and almost look waxy. Like well, they haven't can, opened up you yet. You can break them up. Do you, you know? want to wait till yeah. they've opened up and matured, and yep. then plant those the, ones, or plant the ones that are tighter? Well, the ones that are opened up usually by this by this time of the year they're hanging up. They're starting okay. to open up. Around. Okay, so plant so, the ones that are opened up, yep. not the ones that are tight. Yep. And then let us know how and you do little seeds are inside those yes, cones, right? exactly. So, yep. Okay. Uh, this is from Carter, who's in Saskatoon. When and how is the best time to transplant pine trees? What size? Okay, you can transplant pine trees, uh, smaller ones. You can plant, you know, move by hand. Anything five feet and up, you need to use a machine because pine trees have a stick root system. Not like a spruce tree has a fibrous root by system. By stick, he was pointing out laterally. I put laterally. They got just sticks that grow out, and then they have fibers at the end. So they're really they're harder to transplant than a spruce because if you take more soil with them. Yeah, and then if you all the dirt falls off the roots, then they won't make it unless they're a baby. Okay, if there's a baby tree, then the roots can, the soil can fall off the roots. Mm-hmm. But like a six foot tree, the soil falls off the roots, it's done. Yeah, okay. and don't do it on a hot day in the summer. They don't like that. No, you can't. You can't do it. In, you can't move spruce trees in the two J's. Yeah, June which and is July. June and July. Mm. Okay, so in more at the end of August, you can just move it again, or otherwise you could do it now before the new candles come on. So a lot of the pines haven't put their new candles on yet. But okay. these soon, candles, the new growth. That's the new tips. growth. That's going to happen. You watch this next week. You'll start seeing something happen. So we're almost getting to the end of ability to do it right now. Unless you move with the machine and you're moving, taking a bigger ball uh, with a machine than you would, you know. And and basically, think about this: uh, every ten inches of tree spade, width-wise, okay, uh, for every inch of diameter. Okay, so of trunk, of trunk. trunk, right? Up so trunk. so if you have a ten-inch diameter trunk. Yes. You need 10, how foot, how big of a tree spade? That's a, that's a big one. There's a, a, that's, that's 110 inch in a tree spade, which is the only one that's in Alberta that, that, that big. Okay. It's, a, it's on a semi. So if you're, if Rick you're. Rick knows <laughs> where to find that tree spade. <laughs> but if you're talking about a 10 inch pine tree, yeah. 10 inch, yeah. that, but, you're, but you're like, not going to be able to move that. If you want to move a 12 or 16 foot, you know, then there's 60 and 72 inch tree spades around Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay. okay, perfect. Uh, 1-877-332-8255. That's the number you can call us. You can text us as well. Uh, this is Diane from Langham. I want to wish uh, Happy Mother's Day to Jill and for her doing the show today on her on her special day. Thank you. Uh, I still listen every Sunday morning. Thanks to everybody who does the program. The question is about a money tree. Uh, it's about two feet tall, still in the original pot. I don't know when to change the pot and soil and what kind of soil to go to. 
Money trees, they like to have a little bit more of like a cocoa core soil to them, something that's going to drain really well, but still hold that moisture. So I would use a cocoa core soil or something that has a little bit more peat in it um, when you're doing a money tree. Uh, money trees, when you know how to transplant them, they like to be in a smaller pot. So if you're going to transplant them or bump them up, wait until you can pull it out of the pot and you see the roots wrapping around the bottom. Okay. Um, if the roots haven't started wrapping around, then it's too early yet. So you want it to be quite root bound before you go and then only go up about an inch um, or two in diameter at a time. So just small, small increments. Exactly. Okay, there you go. So Diane, thanks for the the, the uh, text and for all the nice things you said there. Yes, thank um, you. This is Rob. We're going to do one more, one more text here. Spider mites. How soon, how often, how high up should I spray my 35-foot spruce for spider mites? Is this something we're going to co- co- cover with Robin? The, yeah, we will cover that a bit, but I mean spruce is basically the bottom half of the tree is the worst. Okay. Right. On spider mite. But you the know? other thing with spider mite is keeping your tree healthy and watered. Yep. It's going to make your tree be able to fight that spider mite. So if you have a stressed tree and then you get spider mite, you're going to see damage a lot more than if you had spider mite on a healthy tree. Because they're sucking on the needles. Mm-hmm. If they have a reserve where they can keep pushing water up to it, it's not a, that big of a deal. But we're going to, if we have a drought this summer, the spider mite is going to be brutal. Right. Okay. Um, is there an environmental friendly, effective solution? Or what do we use for spider mites? Just, the most environmentally effective is to spray water. Okay. Keep them hydrated. Bla- blast water into. But the if tree. we want to use a chemical, what is the what's the, what's our usual option? Uh, Malathion. Yeah, Malathion, yeah. which is called a uh, bug X out. Yeah. Bug X out. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, thanks, Rob. Hope that helps you out with that. We're going to take a quick break, Josh. We're going to get to your call just as soon as we get back. Josh wants to talk about leaves turning brown. I'm not sure on what yet, but we're going to find out. Ooh. So stick around. More to come. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and it is a beautiful, happy Mother's Day out there. This is the kind of day that moms deserve. You know, when, when Mother's Day's turn out like this, and I'm thinking most of Saskatchewan is looking pretty much the same, where it's big blue sky, lots of sunshine, nice warm temperatures, everything's turned green. We've had Mother's Days where there's been snow. Right. So this is like, this is one of those great ones. That it's just... a week later than it was in the past. So for the past few years, it's been an early Mother's Day. Right. And now we're into having a few years of late Mother's Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so it's great. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, our moms included. Uh, we're going to go to our caller waiting patiently. Got to go to Regina right now and thank Josh for waiting. Hi, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good. You? Oh, not too bad. And you got a question for us about some brown leaves? Yeah. So I have a, a nice fiddly fig that's beautiful and i was doing some renovations and i had to put it in the garage for a bit um and uh some of the leaves turned brown to the back in in the in front of the window you know looking great but uh i kind of was just curious if i should let the leaves kind of take their course and fall off by themselves or if there's any issue with me taking them off myself um and uh, what that effect would have on the tree I would let them fall off naturally themselves. It's pretty normal for a fiddly fig, especially since you've moved it to a different environment. So you've moved it from a house where it was nice and happy to a garage and then back. And with figs, they'll sometimes when you move the environment, they'll drop up to about a third of their leaves. So it sounds like your tree is nice and healthy. So don't stop doing what you've been doing. Um, keep things consistent is the best thing. And if you want to turn it a little bit every once in a while so that that tree doesn't grow towards the light, it's sort of nice and round. That's the best thing for it. Um, fertilize when you water and uh, stick your finger into that soil up to your first or second knuckle and, and make sure that it's dry to the touch before you water it. Um, but that's about it. So you see some brown leaves on there. That's just naturally it acclimatizing to its new space. 
perfect. I appreciate the help. And uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Josh. Thank Take you. Okay. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You know, okay, so what do you do, though? Like, I've got a fiddle leaf fig. Yeah. What's going to go to that? And it's it's growing up, like it's losing its leaves from the bottom. Yeah. I'm going to end up with a pom-pom right away. Yeah, that's usually pretty normal in our house. But it looks ugly. You know what, even... <laughs> well, you have to get used to the fact that, that tree is going to look more like a tree, right? Because it's going to... it's In your house, it probably doesn't have much natural light that's yeah. getting toward the bottom no. of the plant, yeah, no. right? That's, so it's, that's the issue. It, it, if, unless you have some grow lights growing on that bottom of that plant, it's not going to grow up. Even when I was in Bali and there's so many natural fiddly figs, they all none of them had leaves near the bottom because the forest was so thick underneath. They are all just like leaves and sort of sporadic at the top right so it's kind of naturally how the tree is going to grow okay do i put it outside for the summer you can will that help it kind of get some life back into it it, it's, you can, however, remember what I said. The fiddle leaf figs do not like to be moved very often. So you if you move it, you you're going to have to reacclimatize. It's going to drop leaves again in the fall. But you're, it doesn't seem happy now, though. That's the problem. Okay. It'll, it'll do better, but just don't put it in the hot sun when you put it outside. Yeah, and because otherwise it will burn because it's not used to it, right? You can right. gradually put it into the sun, but not right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, too, is if you put it outside, there is mealybug outside. There's aphids outside. There's all those things that are going to blow off all of the evergreen trees and such outside. So you just got to make sure you have a good integrated management program too when you bring it indoors so that you're watching for bugs too. Maybe we have to just rehome it. That might be the problem. You could. You know what? Sometimes we buy plants because we love them, but it's just not quite the right plant for our space. So rem you remember be better that. off with a rubber tree or a mother-in-law tongue, you know, snake plant. Oh, I got lots of those. Right? Yeah, but all you that wanted, stuff. You wanted a nice big lush tree like you see in all the magazines. Um, another one that you can do is a bamboo palm. They require a little bit lower light and they get nice and big too. So that's another one that would, would be okay bamboo for you. Bamboo palm. I'm going to Google that. Root. Okay, you palm. go do re some research. <laughs> okay, let's go to the text line. one eight seven seven. Oh, no, sorry, we got a call. Oh. We're going to go to the call first. Uh, we're going to still t keep talking about trees. We got about three minutes left in the till this, this hour ends, but there's another hour coming up. We're going to Regina right now and talk to Chad about a bonsai tree. Hi, Chad. Hello. Good morning. How? What's your question for us? Um, so I bought my wife a bonsai tree, and we've had it inside kind of, I think, like three years now. And the leaves are starting, like some of them are turning like purple or dark, and it seems like it's dying, and I don't know what to do to try and save it. Is it more an evergreen tree or more a deciduous tree? Like, it's like a little, like a little tiny bonsai tree looking one. Like, I'm not sure. Like a little spruce tree or or one that has leaves on it? It, it has leaves on it. Okay. okay. And the leaves are starting to turn brown and purple on you? Yeah. Yeah. Most likely what that is an issue from is, um, is, is a watering issue. So what you might want to do is just, you can put it into a, like a slightty larger pot if you want to, or, but with bonsais, you're wanting to, it, bonsaiing is not the name of the plant. It's how you're going to be training it and growing it. And root, right? root pruning it too. And so in order to grow a, a bonsai, a bonsai is more of an art or a craft. So it's, uh, it's being able to transplant it, pruning the roots so you keep that plant small. Um, and then also pruning the, the top of it to sort of shape it as well. And that's the art of bonsaiing. Now, you can get different types of trees that will bonsai. Now, I have one that I've been, it's probably a similar variety, a type of fig that I've been growing. And I had the same thing where my um, my leaves were starting to turn brown. And it was because I wasn't watering it enough. I um, There's so many roots down there. There's so many roots down and, there. So And, and it's sometimes you stick your finger in the soil and it, you're like, is it dry? It's just so hard with roots. I just don't know if it's dry. So I do the same thing that would Jay 
they did with his orchid is I would bottom water it. And so when you take it and you bring it to the sink and you soak it in a bucket of water for about a minute or two and then pull it out, let it drain, and then do that every once in a while. That's probably your best bet for watering your bonsai. Um, where you're going to have some more success where you're going to get that, that water really saturated into the root system. Um, and, and then you can let it dry out a little bit and then water it again. So maybe try that, doing that watering system about once a week to once every two weeks when that soil starts to feel dry and see if that helps with your, your, um, your leaves turning color. Okay, and maybe a bigger pot, you said? You can move it into a bigger pot, but remember, you're bonsai, and you're trying to keep that that plant small. So in yeah. doing that, you don't want to move to too big of a pot, a pot or else your plant's going to grow yeah. big. Maybe another inch inch or two yeah. wider, that's it the most. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jen. Take care. one 8255 that's the number you call, and we're going to be talking to Robin from Arborcrest here shortly, so some exciting stuff coming up with that when it comes to some issues. Dealing with them around Saskatoon, yep. Saskatoon, and Regina, and We've yeah, seen lots of issues uh, no, right across the province. Exactly, yeah. so, just Saskatoon. Exactly. Yeah. So we're talking about that in a moment. Stick with us and still join the conversation. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Happy Mother's Day and welcome to hour number two of Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and we've got a special guest. We're going to get to our text line in just a moment, but we've got a special guest who's joining us right now who's been on the show before, and we're happy to have him back. And Robin is here from Arborcrest. Hi, Robin. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good morning. Now, Robin reached out to me yesterday, and he said that the around the city, you're getting lots of questions about your spruce and evergreens and some of the problems that you're seeing. So let's maybe touch on that a little bit, Robin. What are you seeing out there, and what are some things that we can do to help combat it? Well, first of all, I just want to wish all the mothers out there Happy Mother's Day. Great, right, absolutely. Yeah. My wife, uh, Lindy, and wife. My, my mom, Joan, and my mother-in-law, Cecile. Uh, but yeah, we're driving around the city, driving around Saskatoon. I can basically just speak to Saskatoon, but I'm sure Regina and all over the province is in the same boat. Um, I want to set the table a little bit just by saying, you know, we just what we're seeing here is just dead everything, like just dead spruce, dead pines, dead cedars, dead junipers, dying. I guess I, would, I don't want to say dead. I'd say they're, they're definitely stressed. They're struggling. They're struggling. They're brown. Um, and then now we had a winter kill kicking in here in February, March. So we're getting like these Calgary Chinooks, you know, um, where the ground is frozen in February, March, but then it's plus 10 during the day. And the tree's trying to respirate. It's trying to pull up moisture. And it can't because the ground's frozen. Um, but this goes back basically, I think it goes back about 10 years. Like when we moved back from Calgary in, in 07, there was, there's sloughs were full. There was water in the sloughs. There was water in my slough behind my place. Now there's just, there's no water in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just no, just not enough rain over the last 10 years. And then we had, um, record heat there about two summers ago. It's the first time I ever had to change the our staffing a little bit to start earlier in the day and, and, and finish earlier in the day because it was just plus 40 for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then last year, we see a lot of cones came out, a lot of all the, all the pollen, all the cone production, just uh, trees were stressed. And then now, we're this spring, every block that I drive on, there, there's a dying something, evergreen. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, and especially this year when we had the the late snowfalls right across the province, yep. and the sun's higher up in the sky, 
right? Yeah. And so you get all of the reflection off the snow with the sun and desiccating even more, yeah. right? And and that just that just put things on top of the stress that the plants have been under the past bunch of years because we talk about in the show all the time. People think they watering a, you know a sixty foot spruce tree with their sprinklers on their lawn, yeah. right? And it's just not enough. Not uh, enough. It's no, just we need not. mother nature. We need about two weeks of, of straight rain. Yep. Just to replenish the ground. It's like we dig down. We're tree spading trees. We dig down. There's just nothing. It's powder about two feet down. Yep. There's just there's no subsurface moisture whatsoever. Yeah. So it's a matter of using a root feeder or putting the garden hose out there just on a little dribble. And when we're putting the garden hose out, you're not putting it at the base of the trunk, right, Robin? You're putting it at the drip line of the tree, so where the ends of the branches are, correct? Yeah, that's where the active mm-hmm. roots are. Yeah. It's right at the drip line. And, uh, yeah, I just want to soak the whole the whole place. Anytime you're out in the garden, I just did a, a workshop for the Hort Society yesterday morning. We talked about it. Just when you're out in the garden, just get a soaker hose out there and just all your evergreens and, and I guess your, all your trees in general, just, just water. Just yeah. So what you're deep. saying is to combat this issue, whether it's bugs, whether it's uh, drought, things like that, but moisture and keeping that tree healthy is going to be but, a key to success. But a deep watering, you don't need to do that every day, no. right? If you do a deep, a good deep watering once a month, even every three weeks, yeah. that's what the tree needs because, you know, you can give light waterings on top of that deep watering, like you said, that subsoil moisture. I mean, yeah. the, the farmers rely on that, right? Because, yeah. you know, you plant a seed in, in, in you know, from just the snow, you, you, your seed will start, but then when the roots get down to where, down where it needs to grow in hot summer, it needs the subsoil moisture to survive. And the yeah. trees are no different. Okay, right? so now... And we, also, let, before I forget, sorry. Uh, down south of Saskatoon, Right now, because uh, my my daughter is building a house right now, and out to south of Saskatoon, and they're finding the water table is down around 13 feet. Where yeah. during the years when we had the all the rains, the water level was at three feet. Yeah. So yeah. you know the this the water tables have dropped, right? So so that's causing an issue with a lot of these trees as well. So, Robin, as an arborist, uh, what does somebody do when they start seeing some of this stuff, the browning on the tops of the trees, um, maybe some needle cast is starting, maybe some diseases getting into the trees? What are we looking for and how are we combating it? Yeah, once your spruce is telling you, it's showing you those signs, it's comb production, brown needles, the whole, the whole thing thinning out. Uh, you got to you got to get at it right away with with water, deep water water that Rick, uh, that Rick said. Um, once every couple of weeks, just really give it a good good deep soaking and fertilize um, too as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at um, our soil, our soil is alkaline, right? Yeah. What does spruce need? They need acidic, yeah. right? So uh, get those fertilizers have these acidifiers in there and just help to acidify that soil, yeah. and that'll help them out. I mean, that's maybe some of the big problems here is just that alkaline soil is kind of. Yeah. Oh, the, the biggest problem is water. That's, and, and that's what I tell people is even just using that groundskeeper fertilizer because there's a 17 sulfur, right? Or yeah. farmers, if you have an, an, um, um, uh, a fertilizer that you use for the canola, most of it has uh, a sulfur-based fertilizer as well, right? So yeah. if you're doing a whole bunch of windbreaks and that, uh, fertilize just with what the fertilizers you have in hand, right? Or or using uh, lunum sulfate or sulfur to to amend it, doing a soil sample, which you can do, go to your local garden center and get a, a kit, and with them, just some distilled water, you can yep. actually test the soil in your yard, and then you know what's happening. Yeah, and then mulch, 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 yep. wood chip mulch, 
there's so many arborist companies out there. I can speak to Calgary or to Saskatoon here. We have uh, 25 uh, clients, 25, 30 clients waiting for us to come bring them some, some arborist mulch. We call it arbor mulch. But I'm sure there's arborists all over the province and can deliver to people. And, um, I mean, that's the biggest thing. We need to get the wood chip mulch down under the trees to hold. Whenever it does rain, it's going to hold that moisture in there. Yep. And then when we do mulch, three to four inches and not mounted up against the trunk. Um, you don't want to get that. The trunk isn't used to having mulch up against it, so we don't want to stress the tree out any further. So, are, are you seeing any fungals like like needle cast disease or anything like that? Are you seeing that out there? Yeah, when you know it's it's everybody's calling it needle cast, and I think it's just drought. Um, needle cast is really tough to diagnose. You got to wait till the needles or the new needles are coming out, yep. and then you got to you have to have a magnifying glass, yep. and you got to be able to see that black dots all lined up along the needle, and that's when you know for sure, hundred percent, that you got needle cast. That's correct. So yep. we don't want to go out there and start spraying unless we know what we have first. Um, we talked we talked about spider mites earlier too. Um, just. The spider mites kind of get overdiagnosed as well. Uh, just water, washing down the tree. Wash, spider mites don't like water, so just, just you see that south side, that hot side of the tree where the spider mites like to hang out, just get the water hose out there and just just blast it. Just just drench the tree down and wash it off. And, and there's water in the tree at the same time. I yeah. know that's a trick that we do with tropicals too. Like if you have a fern that um, has a lot of, or a, a palm that has a lot of spider mites, we just actually take it and submerge all the leaves in, in water for two to three minutes and then lift it back up again. And that spider mite is pretty much gone because it can't survive under that water. So Yeah. So there's, there's things we, that people can do. Um, but if the tree is starting to show signs of stress, uh, don't don't cut it down. <laughs> we don't want to just jump to that. Give it. Let's give it a month here. Let's hope for some rains. There are those lateral buds, those those buds on the tips of the branches. Yeah, your your branch, your tree might be de- uh, showing signs of death. Like the whole outside tips might be brown right now, but there are buds there ready to pop if yeah. we do get some water on them. So there is some. There is still some hope here. Yeah, and if you're seeing purple, then you know it's just from winter damage, right? Yeah. So yeah. hey, we well, got a we got a text actually we could ask uh, Robin yeah, sure. from earlier and yep. uh, it goes like this it says it's from uh, Doug who's in Yorkdale says uh, what's happening to some of my Colorado blue spruce the two top feet of the tr- tree needles have turned brown they have lots of moisture I wonder what's going on the two the, just the top just the yeah, top two top feet, top two feet uh, have turned brown yeah that could be pine white pine weevil yep. Damage, right? So the white pine weevil lays its eggs right at the top tip of the of the tree. It only really, for some reason, likes trees that are twenty feet and smaller, and it lays its tips right at the top, and then it starts the larvae start to feed down, and it only dies at the top two feet. Die. We just did a condo in uh, in Rosewood here this this week where the, all the spruce had been uh, hit with white pine weevil. So you just kind of have to get up there, prune that dead part off, and try to retrain a new leader and. With the trees, the hormones and apical dominance, it'll away it'll go and, and find one leader, one single leader, and just and destroy those 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 branches. Don't put them in a compost pile in your yard because then they just go back up into the tree again. Yeah, when I was a, a gardener at the Calgary Zoo, we would uh, take those pine weevil, weevils off. We'd, we'd peel it open and we'd give it to the monkeys and feed the monkeys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they would have a little feed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's hilarious. Not a, that's not a drought issue. That's a yeah, that's an insect issue. That's an insect gotcha, issue. gotcha. Okay. And it's prevalent, in, especially in the in the south acreage area too in Saskatoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of it, a lot of white yeah. pine weevil there. Yep. Yeah. And then watch out for uh, yellow-headed spruce softfly. Last week of June, right? So the tips will start to get chewed. You know what's going on? 
if you look closer, there's that little green uh, orange head with a green body. No, that's a ca- that the sawfly. The, the the larva stage is a caterpillar, right? Yeah. So that's what that's what he's talking about. The little caterpillar that eats the all the all the new growth, all the tips. There's so much going on for spruce and evergreen no right kidding. now. No kidding. No kidding. Hey, Robin, if people want more information, uh, they're looking to get some some uh, some sir some service, you know, with with Arborcrest. Where do they start? Um, Arborcrest.com. Okay. A R B O U R. We spelled it the Canadian way. Right. And, perfect. Three zero six two four two eight seven three three. That spells tree in the old phone dial. So two four two eight seven three three. Perfect. Okay, Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you, Robin. You've always been um, an, an expert. Someone we go to for advice on when we're looking to you. You you know it all, and you actually are like a, a true tree doctor. So uh, we really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the air. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five is the number you call to join us, and we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back to some of our texts here in just a moment. Okay, I'm Jay with Joel and Rick. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Happy Mother's Day, and welcome back to Garden Talk. Beautiful day across the province. Nice week coming up too. Wow! For most of the province, looking at like straight sunshine, uh, temperatures even into the 30s coming up uh, here and there. Yep. Dipping back down sort of to the middle of the week, and then coming back up back for next week. Next weekend again. Yep. That's going to be incredible. I it's, just I'm hoping traditionally, to... traditionally, this is the gardening this week, right? That's right. You come up to preparing the garden this week and planting May. the garden, the bedding plants and that. I mean, the seeds you can start this week anytime. Sure, yeah. But uh, May long weekend. Uh, but, the, but the bedding plants normally this week and the following week is when everybody puts their tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers in, right? Yep. Yeah, some of our nighttime temperatures are still dipping below that sort of like around that five to seven degrees. So we want to be watching those nighttime temperatures, especially have a sheet or a blanket available. If you're seeing that temperature go around five degrees, mm-hmm. be, be covering those things, those more tropical plants like your potato vine, coleus, New Guinea impatience, any tropicals and palms. You want those nighttime temperatures to be about 10 degrees before you're putting things outside. So be watching those things, but getting your seeds in the garden now, our soil temperatures are, are warm enough. We can start putting our potatoes seed in the garden, getting our corn going, all of those seed crops can get going, harden your bedding plants off once they've been in the greenhouse um, for about a week, put them out during the day, bring them in at night. But I mean, I'm starting to get, I had my coleus baskets out the front of my house, which is a little bit more sheltered. It's against a brick wall. So those have been out for about three, four nights now. Next next Wednesday, in both Regina and Saskatoon, we're seeing a a plus three for nighttime temperature. So if you are planting, I would say just make sure that you have those frost blankets on hand so that we can throw some things over top of them. Right. I, I know that once they've been hardened off a little bit, they are going to be able to survive yeah, that plus absolutely. three temperature. Yes. Um, those tropical plants you might want to cover and, and such like yeah. that. But we're, Acclim- I think... Acclimatize, acclimatize, acclimatize. I think we're okay, but I still say that think with a strong Saskatchewan yeah. think. Even yesterday, I picked up a couple of hanging baskets mm-hmm. and one of them sat in the shade, one of them got a little bit of sun, and even... It it wasn't ready for the sun. Right. It was like starting to get all bleh, you know, looking. Yeah. It gets tired. It gets tired. And white leaves, and that's sunburn. Right. Right. If your tomatoes delay leaves turn white, that's too much sun right away. Mm. Yeah. We'll okay. get that on yep. coleus. We'll get them on some succulents yep. too. Those leaves will turn white or yep. a little bit clear color. And then do those leaves fall off generally? And it um, sometimes makes more? they do, it's or sometimes, sometimes it's more like green. a sun scald. So it's like a sunburn. Sometimes, like, you know, when you get a sunburn, you get like your skin starts to fall yeah, off yeah. and it gets like that. So it would be like that. I'd pinch those leaves off, pinch the plant back, and let it grow new ones again. Okay. Mm, yeah. yeah so we'll just set it back. Okay, so let's go to our phone lines uh, in Saskatoon. Doug is joining us. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. 
Uh, we bought some uh, lily bulbs that we had started in the house, mm-hmm. and they uh, they come up really nice. Yep. And we planted them out in the flower beds. Perfect. And I noticed here the other day that uh, we had some lily beetles on them. Okay. And uh, they've eaten uh, holes in some of the leaves and stuff. Uh, we've been picking them off and, you know, squishing them and whatever. Yep. Um, we have other lilies that are just popping up, just starting to come out of the ground. I was wondering if, if they would spread to the other ones. Absolutely. Like they're, they're separated by quite a bit. but yeah, They'll still spread. Yeah. So be diligent. Do your scouting. Like Jill always talks about, do your scouting. There'll be little lines of orange eggs as well. Okay, uh-huh. and you you can on just the underside on the, the underside of the leaves. Check yeah, for those. I've been, I've been uh, checking the leaves, and on, you know they they can hide pretty good in there. So, yep. so keep on top of that because they will move. You know, the, once the eggs hatch, they will move to other lilies in your yard. Absolutely. But this is an early spring thing that we have to do. It's not something you're scouting for all summer long. It's an early spring thing. Once you sort of are scouting them for pretty much now until about first week, second week of June, then we've we've pretty much controlled the problem by then. Okay, was there any, like, should we spray something on them, or is it, you know, just picking well, them off and hoping if, for the if, best? If you or? want to spray, you can do, a, as long as you don't spray the flowers themselves, you can do a, a Bug-Out X pyrethrin, right, okay. which comes with a chrysanthemum, right? Okay. It's, it's one that affects the nervous system of the bug. You can uh-huh. spray that onto the leaves as well, and it has a bit of a residual effect, so when the bugs cross it, then they'll they'll die as well. Yeah, but you don't want to spray that on the bud or the flower. Yeah. It's going to affect that. It'll 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 da- it'll put a little brown spots on the flower. So just yeah. the leaf. Um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll take a piece of, of um, newspaper, and I'll comb that around the, the, the top of the flower or the buds if you have, and then spray the leaves underneath if you're doing yeah, it that way. And spraying underneath is key, yeah. right? Because if you just hit the top, you're not going to get it. Yeah, so I spray from the bottom up towards myself. Okay, yeah, because some of them, are just they're just starting to get buds on them, so yep. I don't want to spray anything on them that'll you know. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so I just I would just cover that with maybe some newspaper roll around the around the buds, and then spray that way if you're going okay. to spray. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Doug. Take care. Okay, bye. 1-877-332-8255. Over to the text line, Bob in Saskatoon. Hey guys, I have an African violet theta won't stop spreading and flowering. How do I slow the plant down? It's in the south facing window, and I water it once every couple of weeks. Did he name the plant Theta? Uh, I don't know. It just says T-H-E-T-A. And he wants to slow it down. Yeah. Wow, that's an amazing thing. Well, a few things you can do with your African violets. Once they get really big, you can actually split them and divide them too. So you can give some out to some friends. Um, you can also, they will they will grow off the sides and then it's almost like they've shot off little pups, um, which I call like baby orchids off to the side, little shoots. So you can trim those off and then separate those. Um, moving them up into a bigger pot, you can do that. Um, it's really important with your African violets and to keep them growing and, and nice. But it sounds like you're wanting to keep it a, a smaller he's size. Doing, he's doing a lot all the things right yeah. if it's growing like if that. If it's growing like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. But keeping it a smaller size, uh, definitely if you'll want to make sure that you're sort of taking some chunks off of it, transplanting it, and maybe you can start giving some pieces to friends and uh, letting them enjoy little theta there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Brad is in Regina. He says, I have an elm tree in my backyard. Last fall, the leaves never fell. They just shriveled up and stayed all winter, and they're still there now. Wondering what's going on with the tree. They'll, they'll fall. I mean, what happens sometimes if 
you know, depending on, on the type of stress the tree's in or or too much water and that, you'll see that with birches as well. They'll yeah, my on. birch tree didn't drop its yeah, seeds. They just they, all dried on they, the tree. They dried on the tree. So um, just, I mean... Get a bit of shake? It, it'll be fine, honestly. The leaves will fall off in a okay. windstorm this summer okay. and uh, it'll be fine. Can I make a windstorm and shake my my little Dakota spruce uh, uh, birch? Sorry, they probably won't fall. They, they hold on. The birches hold on pretty okay. good, so, but I, it will fall. I have my Dakota pinnacle birch, you and took I took the shop back out and sucked no, them off. I just no. put a I put a Glove some on. gloves on and I pulled all. I but just you have, went through all the. You'd have to do that before the leaves come on. Well, I did it with the leaves on. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise you you strip a bunch of green leaves too, right? So, well, none of, they're all just buds. Like they were just, they weren't yeah. out yet. They were just, just barely yeah, out. That's so fine. That's fine. Yeah. Didn't, nothing, nothing came yeah. off with it. Just all the brown. You got sick but of looking at the brown. Yeah. Hey, so Jay. I want, I don't but want the brown. It's small enough you could do that. That's right. They're short. They're still, they're still only about eight feet tall. Yeah, so, that's how yeah. tall mine are too. Uh, okay. This is Norm on the text line at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You know what? I'm I'm going to save it because we're getting to our break right now. We got our news update coming up. Norm's text is coming up, talking about uh, prairie sensation apple trees, talking about honeysuckles, and many more to come. So stick around. More to come. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on six fifty CKOM and nine eighty CJME. Thanks for joining us. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Our moms listening, hopefully, maybe. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. And to all the moms listening, thanks for joining us. Okay. Uh, and the, the cool thing is with Garden Talk, we always get all the holidays, right? We yep. always get those special things. They always we do. They always land on Sundays. Yep. Right. So we get to celebrate all those cool things. You know, Father's Day, Mother's Day. We always end up with something, something good. You know, uh, it's funny. I have to say this because... The other day I was like, Dad, like it's so good that we're doing this together now and maybe you can take a few days off doing the show. My mom looks at me and she goes, this isn't work for your dad. Your dad like lives to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> I just thought that was really cute. <laughs> Let's face it, Rick's hobby is work anyways. Yes, it is. He comes home and he's in the skid steer. He's digging holes. It's he's in the yard. He's trying to figure out how to get the algae out of his pool right now. So if you have any ideas, make yeah, sure well, you This is my first spring Rick. to open up the pool and I got green algae I'm trying to get rid of. Uh-oh. Okay. So I'm learning. Uh, it's coming. So maybe That's we coming. can get some tips. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to, to our phone lines and then back to the text line in a second. But waiting patiently in Saskatoon Ooh. is Laura, who wants to talk about a plant that's not doing so well. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Good morning. Hi there. What's your question for us today? I have a cutly sumac that's about five years old. Yep. Grows well. Yep. But this year we're noticing a lot of extra shoots coming out all over the place. Yep. Yeah. They, what do we do with them? Just dig them out. Because sumacs do do spread by roots, okay? Especially if you have, if you have mulch out, they'll, they'll send us roots out to the side and they'll sucker up all over the place, okay? So just... just just pull up that on the stem, pull it up out of the ground, and it'll pull up easy, and then just cut it cut it back farther back, how far you ever want, doesn't matter, so that you cut those suckers off and keep them under control. Okay, okay. That's what we were wondering, because it's kind of taken over yep. that area. We're looking at them, and yep. they're getting leaves on them. Yep, just pull, pull on that little stem that's sticking up, and the roots, you'll be able to pull the roots up, and then just cut it off. Sounds good. Thank you okay. so much. Yep. All right, thanks, Laura. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Over to the text line. Uh, this is Norm. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day, everybody out there. I have a couple of prairie sensation trees. Yep. 
Those are apples. Right, they're apples. Yes. Both will be full of blossoms, but only produce thumbnail-sized fruit. I thought it was a pollination issue, but there's five other different apple trees in the yard. Uh, they're very close to becoming wiener roast trees. <laughs> Anything I can do. It's funny because Prairie Sensation is a good apple. You, so what well, Norm is saying, he's getting so mad, he's he's ready to cut, cut them down and use them for roasting right. sticks. Well, I would so, use the fruit and berry fertilizer. Would that work on it? Well, maybe? yeah, it's funny that he's getting fruit, though. Getting fruit. But he, but he sounds like he's not getting a good pollination. That's what it sounds like. But they're, so, but but they're but there, said, but they're small. But he says that they're, I know, but sometimes they'll even abort if they don't pollinate properly, right? They'll just mm. fall off. Okay. And so they'll, per, they'll start They'll start forming, but then they fall off. So, but he said he has a bunch of other apple trees around, right? Yep. I'm pretty sure he said that. So, uh, um, all I do is make sure that uh, on that tree is there again, use the fruit and berry. Don't use a, a 20, 20, 20 or 30, 10, 10 or anything that, with a high nitrogen on those trees. They, that, that will cause issues. Okay. And so just use a, just use a light fertilizer once in the spring with a, with a vegetable type fertilizer. And that's all you need to do, and uh, give it a pruning. Um, you know, if you if it's it's probably coming out into leaf bud just now, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want, you can still give it a bit of pruning. But I like doing mine more at the beginning of April. Uh, then I'll give it a pruning to thin it out a little bit, and then that will also help to get the, to form the other better apples as well. Okay, perfect. Um, this is from Andrew in Saskatoon. What's the best complimentary flowers or small shrubs around the bottom of a Dropmore scarlet honeysuckle? Mm. Okay, because Dropmore scarlet, once again, as they get older, they'll tend to bloom at the top and not so much at the bottom. Right, so right? Andrew's probably looking at something to fill in along the bottom, right? right. So there's a couple of ways things you can do. One is you can, uh, you could plant another little shrub at the base and uh, that'll help keep the roots cool as well okay hey, so what are some ideas for that um, so, so if it's in a sunny area you could plant some daylilies in there if you're looking if for you some perennials those perennials. can do well into sun and to shade or if, if you've got a sunny area you can do things like a mini glow mini sun glow um mm-hmm. um spirea. Spirea, yep. it's just a tiny little spirea yes i've got a, little, a couple of those yep. right and because uh, uh the drop more honeysuckle serve an orange flower so this gives a little bit of color contrast yep. Uh, you could do that. You could put, if it's, uh, it's probably shady. So, yeah, I know. Sp- Vernarias would do well uh, under there. A little, if it's a, shady, some a, sm- a smaller rose tree. So you get the other flowers mm-hmm. to bring the pollinators there, right? Um, there, and there's all kinds of liatris you could put there, which yeah. is, uh, blooms all summer nice long. purple and white flowers tracks, on it. Tracks lots of, uh, other, uh, insects, you know, pollinating insects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what so, I would suggest, if you have an area that you have some existing landscape, snap a picture. We all have our cell phones with us. Yep. Snap a picture and bring a picture into the garden center and then do a rough sketch of your bed, how wide it is. Do quick measurements and bring that in. And then when you're choosing the plants, you can go right in there. Um, to your garden center and we'll choose the plants and just put sort of like little X's and hearts where you should place your companion plants because now you've got your base of your landscape. You've got your big plants, you've got some shrubs and you want to add some little little touches there. What I what I like doing is we do I do that a lot of time for people is they'll bring me a snap picture and send just send me the email of it and I print it off. Yeah. And now I'll have the picture now I just draw a little circle and mm-hmm. label mm-hmm. the plant yeah, so right on his right on the little eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. So if you bring that the into picture. the garden center with you we have a better idea of what your space yep. is, what's already existing, because we can see the picture, yep. and then we can choose the right plants for the space. The other thing I ran into yesterday is a customer came into the garden center and they said, I have this area, and they said that it's a it's a bright, sunny area, but they said it was a north area. And I was like, hey, well, is it sunny or shady? She's like, well, when I sit on the deck, it seems really, really nice and sunny. And I said, are you sitting on the deck in the morning or the afternoon? And she's like, well, I don't really know. And, uh, and so biggest thing is if you're trying to figure out sunny or shady, go at around two o'clock in the afternoon. If it's hot and sunny, 
sunny and two o'clock in the afternoon, you have a full sun area mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. area. Okay. If it's shady there, then you have a shady area. So in the afternoon is where the hot sun is going to be considered full sun. If it's hot sun in the morning, you most likely actually have a shady area. Okay. 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 Perfect. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. We've got a couple of calls that have showed up now, which is great. Uh, Ian is in Saskatoon right now and wants to talk about putting in a flower bed. Hi there, Ian. Hi. Um, I have, uh, I bought one of those concrete edger, you know, the retaining things. Um, it's like 12 foot by 8 foot with the mower edge on it. Yep. And I, I maybe have gone out of order here. I went and bought seven one gallon plants to put in there. Okay. But I haven't, I was, I, I got to dig out the grass, uh, dig down a spade, put in, you know, remove all the weeds and do compost and then plant the flowers and mulch. I hurt my back last night. So what I'm wondering is if I can get a neighbor or friend to just dig a big enough hole, like, you know, like double wide and and down a spade depth and put all the plants in and so they're not sitting in the pots. And then as I get better, go out and finish the grass. Plant and pot. Actually, just plant and pot and all. So leave them in the pots. Leave them in, in the, the pots. pots. Dig the hole and put the pots into the ground and, and then, then bury they, the they top of them. They won't dry out so much, right? And, and if you can find a little bit of a shadier, shadier area, that'd be even better. And then no, you can just later on, you, later on, you can just lift them out and move them to the location these, you want. Are these vegetable plants or are they flowers no, or are they shrubs? Um, there, there's a, a tiny wine, nine bark, two lemon okay. candy, nine no, bark. No problem. Just, just uh, p- a pink potentilla yeah. and. Uh, Oh, uh, uh, Weagle Minuet, yeah. and they're all in one gallon pot. Yeah, so just uh, prepare your bed, and if you can get some people to help you, just dig some holes, put the pots right into the ground and bury them. Bury them just as if you would have planted them. That will help them retain moisture, and you can water them leave, that way. Leave the surface of the pot at the surface. Don't bury the top Any of the deeper. pot so that you can water the pot still, okay? But I, I was have... thinking you're maybe calling the show so that you can get a shout-out to get some help to come <laughs> do this for you, right? Oh, that's, that's an idea. What are you doing this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, okay, so don't so don't leave or leave them in the plastic pot because then you won't have the transplant shock if you don't get at it for three weeks because otherwise they'll start rooting, right? And this oh, way here, okay. if they're still in the pot, because we grow tr- plants on top of the ground all summer long at the garden center, okay? And so we, as long as we keep them watered, but if you're if you for you, I'd suggest is plant them pot and all because then they won't dry out as quickly because you're you're basically the cool the cool soil will keep it the you won't have the sun hitting the side of the pot and drying out the pot so quickly. Okay, okay? so then all I would need to dig or have dug if I is uh, yep. just the size of the pot, not yep. the full exactly. you know, double width. Exactly. Yeah. Just and you can even dig like a nice long trench and set them all in there and then bury the trench over too. Yeah. Or just or just the size of the pot. Yeah. That's all you need. Exactly. Okay. And, and you know, Mother Nature is going to be nice to us now because like, she was so confused because the leaves were still in the playoffs in April and May. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> the only leaves Thanks. we had, right, on, in April and May? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the leaves, yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for Claudia. calling. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. Very good. Very good. Okay. We're going to go out to Winnipeg right now and talk to Neil. Hi there, Neil. Hey, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, you bet. Okay? Uh, so are you uh, you live in Winnipeg and listening to us? Are you uh, a Saskatchewan? Oh, you, you got it. 
guys, I have been listening to you for like 10 years when I lived in Saskatoon. I went to the windmill, and then I moved here, met a lady, moved here. And I've listened to you every morning when the sun comes out because I need your advice all the time. <laughs> well, well another awesome. great garden center in Winnipeg, if you haven't been, if you've been to Shalmardine's, there yeah. are another great oh. garden center that we actually um, are affiliated. St. Mary's. And right? St. Mary's, too, in yep. Winnipeg. But those are also two great local garden centers, family-run, too. And I- and I do go there, but yeah. I love listening to you in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> so here's my question. I've got these Ketoniasters that I purchased from Shelmerdine. Yep. Okay. And I've got two that work and 14 that aren't. <laughs> okay. So I bought, I bought a bunch, and they are just, I've got two that are doing all the things, and then the rest are like, I think I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So what do I do? Okay, so... Um, th- the Cantoniasters are pretty hard to kill. They're pretty tough, okay? So oh, great, just, okay. Just, <laughs> just, 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 He's not calling you a failure, just so no. you know. <laughs> They're pretty tough, and they'll come back again. So the biggest thing you can do is, is when you plant them, when you first plant them, they can, they can because there's so many leaves on them, they can dry out quickly. Because what happens when you first plant, how, when did you plant these ones anyways? Just ask that first. Uh, last August. Well, last July. August. Okay, and so they they now this spring have they started budding yet? I've got exact two that are doing great. Yep. And some that look like they're budding, but I might be getting old, so I don't know if I can tell or not. Yeah. So they, they well, scratch the bark, right? They should have rooted. So you can scratch the bark. If it's green on underneath, then they're going to come. If it's brown underneath, then they're not going to come. And a lot of times they'll come from the base again. And a lot of times, that if they come from the base, they'll actually, because they've been rooted, they'll actually fill in quicker than planting a new plant. But okay. don't give up on them. I usually wait till about the first week of June before yeah. I give up on something like that. Um, you might start seeing some new growth of them, and then just yeah. give them some trimming that way, and too. If, and if they totally die by that time, I'm sure Shelburne's, they probably, I don't know if you bought, they sell the mic, prob, they have the mic program there as well, so they, yeah. you know, so... They, they said it. They don't work, bring them back. Yeah, exactly. yeah you got Perfect. a warranty on them too. So, yeah, but right. I always want to make sure you have you have those roots going on them. So it is better to wait and use the the plant that's yeah. a little bit more established than to have to start all over again. So. Oh, you guys, thank you so much. Okay. All right, hey. thanks for the call, Neil. Thanks for listening to. Hey, take it easy. All right, yeah. thanks. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're back after this break with our lightning round of text. I'm Jay with Joel and Rick. This is Garden Talk on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. It is the lightning round on Garden Talk because, of course, we had a couple of great calls and kind of went a little bit long last segment. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Okay, we're going to go to our text. Next one that's up here is some Sandra and Prince Albert. I'd like to dig some birch trees from the from the bush, so out in the country, basically. Put them in my yard. It's quite sandy where the trees are now, and our yard has a fair bit of clay. So three questions. Can I transplant them this time of year? Birch trees, can you move them right now? Mm-hmm. Best to do it when they're dormant. Actually, when in the nursery, if we want to move a birch tree, we wait till it just buds out, and then we transplant it, and when it in a basket or whatever, especially the bigger ones, because if we dig it out when it's totally dormant, they stay dormant for a long time. Yeah, and they, I guess they don't that's look true. good. So one thing, but you know, have to be careful because you have to get a good root ball with it. Okay. Okay. So you can move it when it gets just a small little leaves on it, and then it will. After you move it, give it a good watering, and then it'll fill full, filling out full leaves. Will it be successful in the soil going from sandy to clay? Yes, it will. As long as you dig your hole twice as big and put it into good tops, throw the clay away. We always talk about in, in the industry: if you buy a hundred dollar tree, make a hundred dollar hole. 
Right. Okay. <laughs> right. And then uh, so, the prep work for everything, yeah. even when you're putting down a slab of, of new bricks, yeah. the prep work is everything. Yeah. Right. And then what is the, the ideal height? Uh, to do this, like what size of tree do you pick that it would work the best? The smaller, the better. Smaller, the better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, then you, by hand. right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So she says, happy Mother's Day, ladies, Sandra and Prince Howard. There you go, Sandra. I hope that helps you out with your, your tree endeavors. Uh, this is from, not sure, but let's go. Oh, is it Bob? Is that who it is? Yeah, it's Bob in Saskatoon. Good morning. Our front yard has a Schubert cherry tree that's about 25 to 30 years old that is sending out a lot of suckers in a 10 by 10 area in our front lawn, which is getting disappointing. No kidding. Yeah. Just clipping off the sucker creates more suckers. That's Killing crazy. the sucker with Roundup is a bad date effect because we get so many of them yep. uh, in the lawn. So can I peel back the grass in the area, dig down, cut the root system off, take the edge of the lawn at, uh, sorry, Cut through this off the edge of the lawn to kill the roots that are sending the suckers, or do we just take out the whole tree? What do you think we should do? Well, you can cut back. You have to cut back closer to the tree, right? Yeah. And cut it off, and then you can get rid of the sucker, right? After that. Um, but if you leave it attached to the tree, then if you do roundup or whatever, you can affect the tree. You can kill the whole tree. Okay? So better idea. And if you stress the tree out, the tree wants to sucker more. Right. Okay. So it's a better idea to put a barricade. Like if you can, if you want to do the surgery, is peel yeah. back the lawn. Yeah. Put a bar- vertical barricade. Like a piece of landscape fabric, you know, heavy-duty landscape fabric. Put it vertically in the ground so the, the root can't grow through it. So you dig yourself basically a, a trench around but, the area you want. But you don't want to cut the great big roots that are there. Right. Because you just want to cut the smaller roots that are suckering. Okay? That sounds like a lot of work. It's a bit of work. Yeah. That sounds like I would... Maybe choose another tree? Choose a different tree? Yeah, because it might the, be less work just to get rid of the tree and put something nice so in there. What are some nice front yard trees, Jay? Uh, well, we just that answered that. Question. That was another text we had. And we talked about a flowering tree that you could do um, a spring snow crab, yeah. which is really nice. No uh, berries, no suckering. Ivory silk lilac. Right. That's another good yeah, one. Another good one. That are, stay fairly small. Uh, fairly small, yep. Don't get too big, but have really nice. We used to do lots of mancana ashes, front yard tree charts, but I'm not, we haven't really been doing them no, much. Because the emerald thing. ash borer is going to be coming, yeah. right? So I've been going away from that because we know the bug is coming this way. Mm-hmm. It'll kill all the trees, last, ash trees. Last question for today. Jen in Saskatoon. Good morning. I just noticed this small white rice-sized larvae worms falling from my elm tree. What are they? What do I do about them? I like little worms in the in the elm tree. Well, the only thing the only thing would be coming out this time of the year would be the canker worms, right? Hey, um, where's the, where are they calling from? Saskatoon. Oh, so I mean, there was areas where canker worms, but I mean, obviously it is a worm of some sort, so you can. Um, is BTK uh, time for that, or if they're eating the leaves, BTK works really good. Because mm-hmm. anything that chews like a caterpillar type of family, then they eat it, and then it gives them a tummy ache, and then they quit eating. But usually, when they're falling, they're done eating. Now they're going to go into their yeah. into their into their cocoon and then become a moth. And Take a picture, getting... send it into info at yep. DutchGrowers.com and let us answer that question that way. We can make sure we got the right thing. If we didn't get your text on the year, we'll text you back after here. But that's pretty much it for today. That went ah, quick. That went fast. So quick. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Yes, Thank you for Mother's listening. Day. And we'll see you same time, same place next weekend. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. You've been listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.